Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we are talking to Simon Woodhatch about my meta, the metaverse of values. Simon is an experienced game developer with a passion for delivering authentic gaming experiences. Simon's journey began with a frustration over the industry's shift towards microtransactions and content-focused monetization, which he felt compromised the excitement of new games. Determined to create a different gaming experience, Simon started his own studio, focusing on delivering complete experiences to players without pay-to-win elements. Through his TikTok account, Simon aimed to gain traction and funding to assemble a team and bring his dream game to life. His path led him across paths with our friend Olinda Taid, whom we interviewed back in 2021, resulting in a collaborative effort to create a demonstrator for my meta, guided by Olinda's direction. Hey Simon, what's up? It's great to have you with us today. Thanks. I'm honored to be a part of this and thanks for inviting me on. You know, in our previous interview back in 2021 with Olinga, he discussed this transformative potential of technology in converting intangible concepts like love and hope into measurable and transactional values. Now it's so exciting to see uh, my meta, the metaverse of values, on the verge of launch and currently on a roadshow for demonstrations, right? And you have played a vital role in the development of this project, so it's pretty exciting to be talking to you today, making this invaluable resource for our discussion. So today, we will dive into the foundations of MyMeta and explore its fundamental principles. So let's begin. Could you just enlighten us of the core principles of uh, the building blocks that underpin MyMeta? Yes, of course. Um... My meta is a social metaverse at its core. So to be begin with, it is purely to go out and meet your friends and interact with people that you would normally interact with in real life. You'd go into the metaverse and interact and do things with them as well. Um, it's going to be gaming behind that, but it's a subsection. At its core, it's a metaverse it's for interacting with each other and it's for playing together. So it's a metaverse and a game. Okay, and then how does the value parts come into that? Right, so it's value-driven. So we have a value-driven mm -hmm. social metaverse that we're building. Everybody has their own values. There's 8 billion different sets of values in the world. And what we intend to do is allow each individual person with their own individual values to experience the metaverse the way that they want to experience it. So, for example, if I, I'm a gamer, I like games, I'm a programmer, I want to see those kinds of things as I'm walking around, I want to see those stores, I want to see those advertising, I want to see games that are pertaining to the stuff that I like. So as I enter my values into the system, it will then display these things back to me as I walk around and interact with the world. And that's what we plan on doing. We have 8 billion different types of values. There's, there's that many people in the world. So we're going to try and scale it up and incorporate that many different iterations of the one metaverse 
So I could be walking around viewing all of that, but you may be into something completely different. So whilst looking at the same store and standing next to each other in the same metaverse, you would see different things through the windows that I would. And you could go and interact with them if you wanted to display them to me, you can show them to me, I can show you what I see or not. That's, that's going to be your choice. So that's basically you're saying that I'm going to be able to enter this space, this digital space, and I'm going to somehow set up, you know, what I like, my values, what I like, what what I'd like to see in there, and my my personal experience in there is going to be customized according to what I say that I value, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly that. And that's that. I would say should be the reason enough for me to be truthful to my values because one thing that i was thinking is that how how to make people be honest about their values because everybody wants to say that you know oh i don't have prejudice so i'm you know i'm honest or i'm whatever i am but mm -hmm. the thing is that when you say that you know you're just going to see what you actually you know say that you value this should be you think that it's going to be the good incentive enough for people to be truthful about it yeah of, of course you may choose to have a separate avatar that is not true to your values. You, you want to experience some things outside of your comfort zone, but the, 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 main, the, the main allure of the metaverse is that the things that you hold dear to yourself, the things that you really genuinely want to be seeing will be displayed to you if you have the same value set entered in the digital world as you do in the real world. Okay, I got it. And, and is there any business model behind it? Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a large scale corporate model behind it. We intend on having plenty of advertising in there. We're going to allow big corporations and small, um, big creators and small, small and big businesses to have their own stores where they can sell their real world products in a digital format. Mm. So you okay. could, for example, the one that we like to use at the moment is the Food Hub. Everybody knows what Food Hub is. It's like mm -hmm. the app. You go on the app, you order your food from your local takeaway. And they could have their own store or, or multiple stores placed all over the place. You know, you may have your house or your shop here and that their store might be next door, as an example. And you could just walk in their digital store version, go and look at their menu, place your order, have it delivered to your actual house in real in real time oh, okay that's pretty cool in real time yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the intention it's a ways off yet but we that's where we intend to be that's cool so as a user like what what do i have to to have or to do how complex should it be like is it for regular people do you yes, have to absolutely. be so a heavy user it, we want to make it completely user-friendly and so simple as uh What's a simple example I could give? I haven't, I haven't prepared one um, for that, but uh, you've all used a television. Everyone's used a remote, a Sky remote on a TV. Everyone's used, it's going to be no more difficult than that. As long as you can learn how to move around, look around, and then press a button to interact with something, the rest will be given to you. You'll press that and it will tell you, this is the shop you're looking at. Do you want to order? Have you linked your wallet? Do you have your address on there? If would you like to put it on there? You know, this kind of thing. Um, it's going to be presented to you in a very easy way. 
Yeah, I was just wondering that because, you know, when we talk about, uh, for example, NFTs, right? Uh, and and I, I'm really not not a user at all. But uh, when I hear about it and people say, okay, but for NFTs, you kind of have to have a crypto account and to have a crypto account, you have you need to do that, you need to do that. And then it's not that easy and you have to dig into blockchain, which is not user-friendly at all. So uh, how, how do you guys tend to, to, to do like transactions there? Do, do people have to have those either cryptocurrency accounts, like do they have to deal with NFTs or get, get, will they have this simple way as well? Sort of yes and sort of no. Uh, let me let me deconstruct that for you. I'm a living example as to how somebody with absolutely no experience in the blockchain whatsoever can easily set up a wallet. And that will be all you need. A wallet on one of the many trusted sources. Metamask is the one that I used. It's, it's very well known. There's a lot of regulation. It's very secure. And a lot of people talk about these massive passcode phrases. Yes, that is one gripe. You will have to write down your passphrase on a piece of paper and lock it somewhere so that, or put it digitally somewhere locked away so that no one else can get it. And that's your password. Once you've got that and you've got your wallet, everything else is, 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 is smart contract. You know, you've got your smart TV. You press your button, it records your program for you. It's all done like that. It's all automatic. So when we talk about selling NFTs within the game, we are you, I'm, I'm building a system where you can create your own objects. So you can create your own building or your own clothing or your own armors or weapons or cap, you know, whatever. And these objects can be turned into an NFT, which then belongs to you. It's, it's your... Uh, property then and it goes straight onto your wallet so it's as simple as clicking a link button type your password in will you link it yes and then that becomes yours it's stored on your wallet wherever that is where it's a usb or on your laptop and then you can use that you can use that later to sell it if you want you can do it in game it's all going to be smart contract based so it's a click of a button in game just as you would purchase some diamonds on a on a microtransaction game or just as you would purchase a DLC downloadable content for a one of the big titles where you download 10 gigabytes worth of new maps exactly the same concept secure easy to use no messing around with getting brokerage accounts and putting your passports and licenses on none of that stuff Okay, got it. Um, well, so, sounds encouraging. Uh, and we, which stage are you guys in, 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 in this development? So I understand that you currently, you guys are doing this demo to the market, right? Yeah, we have a pre-alpha at the moment out on the market. There's no smart contracting on it. There's no data. There's no transactions that happen within it. It's just an example, a very early example. Uh, I built this thing in like four months in my spare time on my laptop. Uh, <laughs> father of two forgive me it's not the best graphically pleasing thing but it gives the concept and it shows what we intend to do for the future it shows how we're going to scale things up how the values will work how different users can experience the world in different ways at the same time in real time so that's uh, that's the concept that we've got we've got the pre-alpha out it's a demo you can download it It's on the um, it's on the Apple Store for Android. It's on the test flight for iPhone, 
And if anybody's in our Discord, they can get the PC version. And it's all free, no transactions, no data. Uh, but that's where we are. We are at the end of our concept. We've got our pre-alpha and we're ready to start major production. And when, when are you guys planning to have a full launch on that? When we get some money. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's funding time. Funding yes. time, right? We're, we're seeking funding at the moment from VCs and from other areas. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so, uh, well, I, I still, I'd like to talk to you about, uh, many topics around the metaverse. Uh, but before that, I've also heard, so I'm, I'm on Discord, right? I, I was invited by Olinga and I was checking it out and I saw this just amazing celebrity list that got engaged with, with, with a couple of causes. So how, how is that going? And, and can we already tell, you know, talk about that and, and talk about some of those names? Is it still confidential? Um, most of it is confidential at the moment. Yes. But, uh, we have got a couple, if you've seen them on the discord, feel free to name them. <laughs> that, that's fine. If you've, if you've seen them there, but, um, yes, we've had a few, a few big name celebrities that lots of people will know. We've had them come forward and, and register their interest in joining the metaverse and having their branding in there, in participating in some of the, the disability um, awareness and some of the other awareness, the charity stuff that we're doing. Um, we're big supporters of uh, charitable causes as well. That's one of the, the big things that's going to be in my meta. We want to attract people from all areas, not just... Yeah, and, and and not just the people that are uh, already used to 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 to, to this gaming uh, environment, right? Yeah. Because, and again, so my understanding is that uh, I was um, when people started talking about metaverse now, like currently nowadays, right? Uh, you know, some people just thought about Second Life all over again, but you no, know, now with with some better technologies involved, of course, because of course. back then it was like super, but you know, the, the, the intent was similar, you know, have people meet on, on, on whatever. And I think it still exists. Does it still exist everywhere? I, <laughs> I don't know. Tell Somebody told me they're still around. Yeah, I haven't logged in for maybe 10 years. So. <laughs> right. Oh, it's been so long. So, so what's your thought about what happened? Do you think it was lack of technology? Like we weren't ready back then and it was a big hype. Then it was gone. And we did see this happening and it happened again, right? People just start talking about the metaverse and maybe too soon because we were still not, we're clearly not there. It's just going, it's supposed to be something way more immersive and the use of technology is supposed to be way better, right? So, and we have, we saw Facebook changing the name and then changing the, 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 their mind again. So what's your thought about that, about the momentum and are, are we just going too fast and the hype is too strong and then we're all over back again? What's your thought around that? I think, no, we're not going too fast at all. I think now, right this moment is the perfect time for companies to start getting involved in building a real metaverse and the concept of metaverse in my understanding is very similar to what you've just explained something that's technologically a lot more advanced than the second life concept that we had before where you, you know you go in and, and you interact and you have your own spaces you have your own buildings you put your own shop up 
you sell your wares, you collect items from the game, sell it to people, you take that money back into your real life, put it into your takeaway or buy a new pair of shoes, you know, not necessarily making a living off this thing, but getting some extra bits. And I think that's where we want to take it, but no one's done it yet. No one's done it yet. That's the, the I see a lot of, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bad mouth anyone, but I see a lot of metaverses out there at the moment that I don't consider to be metaverses, but they're branding themselves as metaverses. I'm not going to name anyone, but exactly, I see exactly. a lot of it. And I think what we're doing is we're taking that the step further. We're putting the values in. We're allowing users to trade amongst themselves. We're creating value. We're actually creating value inside the digital world, and we're adding gaming to it. It's no longer just a social space where you talk and you meet in a room and have a conference or do a, a bit of education in sort of a closed space or even have a safe space. It's got the gaming concept as well. So we're going to have the shooting, we're going to have the racing, the hide and seek, the flights, planes, pixels, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's where we're going to take it. And I think that's what a true metaverse the concept of it, what everybody believes it to be, that's what everyone's waiting for. And, and how long do you think, like, let, let, let's say that, you know, uh, we have the super acceptance, we get the funding, like, how long does it take to, to, to be able to build it? I've predicted that given the right amount of staff, uh, full-time, where I can focus on it five, six days a week, to eight to 12 hours a day, I reckon I can pull it off in two years. Oh, wow, two years, okay. Okay, let's go back to some um, points that I was thinking about, you know, when, when we first got our intro call and introduced me about the project. So one of my concerns was, was around a safety. So, you know, with the immersive, interconnected nature of the virtual space. There are concerns about ensuring safeguards that prevent illegal activities or maybe harm to others. And we actually uh, have heard already of people on those you know, current metaverses, of people talking about sexual harassment and even, you know, uh, I don't even name, but you know, really bad things that already happened on the real world going there. Uh, how do you envision maintaining a safe environment? And are there specific measures or maybe specific technologies that you believe should be implemented to address those potential risks and protect users from any harmful experiences? Yes. So uh, I'll dissect that in, in two separate. So first and foremost, the, the first initial point of contact is that users are responsible in a lot of senses for what they are doing within a game. Uh, even within a chat room or within a, a voice room or if there's a camera on, I don't know whether we're going to allow that yet. It's it's not been talked about. I haven't made any plans for, for cameras to be allowed. Um, it's going to be text and vocals only currently. But um, the, the users are responsible in a way for their own input and for their own output. You can mute each other. You can not look at something. You can press the exit button. You know, there's a cross button on every internet page. If you don't like what you're seeing, you can remove yourself from that. And to protect yourself, that's the first point of call. The second, from our side, from our perspective, it is data. We're going to track everything. 
absolutely everything that's said, that's done, everywhere you go, every motion, every transaction. And if we, if it, there's easy, easy ways of putting in AI safeguards to red flag certain phrases, to red flag certain actions. And all it takes is for one of those to pop up on one of our consoles and we can press one button and teleport straight there and see what's happening. I say teleport because you'd have to go into the game and have a look. You wouldn't, it's not like the matrix code. You go, hmm, I see some code changing. He must be doing this. But you would, you'd go in and you'd look and you'd say, oh, okay, that, that sounds like harassment to me. Warning. Or, or you might see something that's genuinely like bullying. Instantly, three people trapping someone in, calling them names, being abusive, like instantly, like you three. I, it's a bit of a god complex, I suppose, but you could literally pick them up, pop them out somewhere into a timeout room and say, no, no, that's naughty. There are a lot of things that we can do to safeguard people, but first and foremost, it is most definitely up to users to make sure that they're not engaging in those kinds of things. Um, yes. You can't stop stupid being stupid. You really can't. They will be anywhere, right? Anyway, Real world, metaverse, or whatever. In anything anyway. in life, you cannot <laughs> stop it. But um, you can put a few things in place to make sure that it doesn't become abusive or illegal. Obviously, the metaverse has to stay within the bounds of the law. So there's certain things that we might like to put in, but we just simply couldn't. You know, um, it just makes it easier. Yeah, I think that this answer, you're also answering another uh, question that I had that um, I thought it was interesting that you told me back then uh, that you're also allowing negative values alongside yes. the positive ones. Yes. And I thought it was, you know, super intriguing, a little unsettling, super intriguing. But, you know, I remember you told me that, you know, as long as you're playing within the law, um, on the same time, it's, it, it raises a, the, these questions of how to strike a balance between, you know, granting this freedom of expression and on the same time maintaining a safe and respectful environment. Mm. So you believe that it can be, uh, from your previous answer, that it can be both, you know, user moderated and AI moderated. You think that's enough? But still, I'm wondering, like, um, when you guys made the decision of having those negative values, is that because negative can mean different things depending on your culture, like just like moral? Absolutely. Is, is that what's behind that, or 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 are there negative values that are definitely always going to be, to okay. be even acceptable so to you know? There's one word beginning with P that I could say right now. I wouldn't, but that is a value that we just simply wouldn't have. Because of laws, it's and of morals, obviously, because of morals, but the laws that are in place prevent that from even being a discussion. Yeah. Then there's there's lots of values that you might find to be negative that another person might find to be educational or intriguing. Um, a psychiatrist might decide to study certain aspects of a, another person's psyche, whereas a, uh, a swimmer might find it completely offensive. You see, 
it, it can be negative to one, whereas it could not be negative to another. There are certain things, there are certain points, certain discussions, topics that we will outright outlaw completely. You just can't allow that kind of thing to happen. You would be seen to be very, very odd indeed if you were allowing it. But um, a lot of stuff, especially culturally, might be negative in, in one culture and another culture completely accepted. Like, um, is, is a really simple example. In England, we culturally have one wife. Most of us. Uh, well, I say most of us, that's probably not correct anymore. It's very multicultural now. But in other countries, you can have four or seven or ten, and it's completely accepted. Whereas over here, that's kind of taboo. We would shun that off and say, oh, no, that's that doesn't seem right. Do you see? the? There's a lot of things we have to allow people to do. Obviously, there's going to be areas of interest that we sort of lock down and say, okay, that is just moving in the wrong direction. It's very abusive. It's very bullying. The, the content's just not nice anymore. You know, we'll have to move that one away, push it to the side, stop people from seeing that value set. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I completely get it. It's, uh, it's fine, I think. Yeah. No, it, it, it's good. Like, you can't be creating a bubble. You have to let people, you know... Um, I, I was just having a conversation before this interview, um, you know, about um, uh, generative AI, and and it's a specific tool that uh, it's it's without censorship, and 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 it it was the very same rationale that you know, uh, who 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 are us to decide? Uh, there's there's the part of legislation and education and awareness that must always be there. But besides that, why a company owner should be deciding whether the content is right or not. So, you know, there's a lot of room for discussions around that, right? Um, okay, so I have another uh, super important and dear topic uh, to me, which is addictions, right? And, and, and it's, it's, and, and the reason I related so much with the metaverse is because it, even this, the, the gaming experience behind that, right? And I interviewed a lot of people from the gaming industry regarding the future of gaming. And there's always a topic that comes back again because, and I, I think that you said yourself that it's sometimes it's just easier to be on the digital world or, or on the game or on a metaverse than dealing with the, our lives. So uh, how do you guys plan to approach addictive behavior and, you know, mental health of, of the users. Uh, is there anything that you guys plan to tackle this issue to ensure that, you know, well-being is taken care of any specific features or guidelines that you're considering? Uh, so, you know, just to care for, for, for the users that are just going too far or maybe present any type of behavior that could be very damaging on the real life as well. Yes. Absolutely. To all of that, yes, we have a system in place specifically designed to uh, alert people around you to your mood. So the, the main point of discussion that we're having with the team at the moment internally is how do you convince a person to truthfully display their feelings? 
you, you would know that it's it's a difficult thing for somebody with depression, anxiety, even insomnia, to come forward and say to their friends, to their peers, to their therapist, I have a problem. I'm not feeling great. I need help. That is so difficult for some people to say. How do we then make it easy? How do we make it really simple for them to be able to press a button and forget that they've said it and not feel like they've opened out and not feel like they've had that conversation, that anxiety hasn't come up. A colour can be displayed above their head. We can have a rainbow system, happy, sad, ecstatic, excited. We can have emojis mixing with it. And we intend on having this warning system as well. So it can be somebody that's thinking about doing the worst. Just before that happens, they may be in the metaverse. They may be walking around and we're going to give them the option with a, a little button at the bottom of a menu somewhere just to press it. And it's going to send out an alarm signal to their chosen peer, whether that's a friend online or a family member or the police or their therapist or whatever it is, it's going to send a ping to their phone or to their, uh, what's that, what's that doorbell thing called? That doorbell app. You can link that to oh, it as well. Yeah. You can, yeah, you, you yeah, can yeah, link no, that no, doorbell yeah. app to it and it pings your phone like your doorbell's ringing off. It's yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar to that. We want to add these things in to allow people to have the option to display themselves as not feeling great or not happy or on the flip side of that you just got married ecstatic absolutely you know we want these we want people to be able to have this option we haven't seen it in a game anywhere else before so having the option to ping your friends while you're in the digital world to say something's not right i need help and it, it might not even be for that. It could be it could be used for break-ins. It could be used for uh, diabetic um, hypos. It could be used for medical conditions as well. So we, we want to incorporate this. We want to have this option there available for players, for users to be able to. Display and I think that's, that's you know just a great that's just a great example that you gave. That's one of the questions I had for you, which is how could a value-driven virtual space create a positive impact on the real world? And that, that's just one example, right? But you know, uh, going further into that, uh, given that you guys are are, are going to be a, a you know a, a value-driven um, universe. Um, can can we somehow link it to to to, to to the causes here on the real world. So let's see that I'm into ESG or into whatever, um, um, you know, protecting the nature or I'm a vegan or I'm into the disabilities cause, which is the example that we have there. We could be somehow funding real world projects or seeing the impact on the real world as well. And we, we, we've already internally discussed this. We want to take it a step further than that. So as well as planting trees and helping to, do Greenpeace and move people away from carbon, change their footprint level, etc. Companies that join the metaverse, our metaverse, will have a requirement. Every year, they will have to set aside uh, an example and show how they have contributed to this X, Y, or Z targets that they've been set for joining in. 
So as well as their entrance into the metaverse, they're also producing something in the real world to benefit. And we'll be able to list all of these benefits. We'll be able to list all of the, uh, the extras that these companies have done on top of their business to help, whether it be nature or a charity or mental health or a hospital, whatever it is. And it can be local. Everything can be localized. I think some of the most biggest corporations in the world, we worked out that if it was like 0.0000001% or something like that, it's a ridiculously small percentage. And if that was pushed aside, you could, you could, there's so much that could be done. I, I won't even go into it, but that was the, we've had that internal discussion and the benefits that could come from it if it was to take off globally the way we want it to. Oh my, world changing. Yeah, make everything better. I love the vision. I absolutely love the vision, yes. Um, you know, I, I have a few more questions. Uh, one is that when you mentioned to me that, you know, we were talking about safety and how you can track all the data and all the transactions. Uh, it, it, it's... Uh, um, just reminds me of, of uh, how are you guys taking care, going to take care of the the privacy concerns, right? How how you guys are planning to protect the, the data users? Because if you're saying that we can track everything for safety reasons that we have to, and I definitely agree with that. And on the same time, we have this potential to blur the boundaries between virtual and the physical worlds. Uh, who will own the data? And this is something that we usually discuss here in Future Hacker about, you know, who will own the data in the future? Like, are we finally going to be able, uh, talking about decades from today, will we ever be the owners of our own data? And will we ever finally get paid by that? Today, how it works, we have the platforms, like we have, you know, the, those Facebooks and Instagrams and TikToks and all this, those social platforms, even the gaming platforms. Yeah, the company owns the data and they sell our data. Like we as users, we don't get anything. Um, we, we do get, we do get to, to use their environment because you know, they paid a lot for that. So that, that's, it is. But still, we always ask our guys, like, will we ever be the owners of our own data? So when you guys, you guys will have access to that as much as the transaction is going to be different. So I understand that is maybe it's not going to be the, the traditional ads format you guys are going to have all the transactions and stuff but will the users ever be able to own their own data or, or are, are you guys keeping the same model as we currently have in which the platform owns it and maybe not use it for for profit but you know how how are you guys approaching this discussion there's a lot of yeses and nos in that so first firstly advertising because that's the quickest one to get out of the way the adverts are not going to be traditional like You're scrolling through your phone at the moment, an ad pops up, you've got to watch it for five seconds, none of that. You can walk past them. You'll be walking past them. It's there, you look at it if you want, you don't look at it if you don't want. It's paid for, it's done, there it is. Okay, that's out of the way. Um, data, does the user own the data? So firstly, I'd like to say, what are you going to do with hundreds and hundreds of megabytes of data telling you everywhere you've ever walked in a game, everything you've ever interacted with in a game, every time you've looked and talked to something, the entire speech con um, conscript between you and your AI counterpart, what are you going to do with that? No, 
What are you going to do with that? It's a question. No, 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 no. I know what we can do with it. I know exactly what we can do with it. But what can every individual, imagine 8 billion people joined it tomorrow. You'd all need a massive hard drive to store all your data on. We've got them, but it's physical. Then it becomes, if you want to own that data, you can keep it now, but what are you going to do with it? Nothing. There's no... There's no facility at the moment for an individual user to sell his value preferences and data to a company. There's a facility for selling millions of people's worth of data and what they look at, but not individual. So we're creating the value system. We, uh, Alinga himself, uh, he coined the, uh, the entire concept. I, I forget the exact name of it, but it was the, uh, the God metric was what the Vatican called the it. God metrics. Yeah. And it's the, it's the tangible data set of, of love and value and how a person interacts in the world. And so we're going to take that data set and then that is what can be sold to people and companies and big corporate. And then what we're giving the user in return is the metaverse to, to use and to interact with. You're getting all of the NFT objects that you can sell to and from each other. Uh, just like YouTube and TikTok and Twitter, how people become sort of quasi-famous within those little spheres and bubbles, you could probably do the same thing in my meta and be very well known for creating extremely good clothing, really good buildings, really good weaponry with great stats, sell all of that on to people that want to buy it, you know, maybe make you hundreds of them, sell them really cheap. You get a lot of people following you. The possibilities, the capabilities of it are quite endless at the moment until we get something concrete and set in stone. Okay, this is the path that we've built for you. Now walk it. The possibilities are endless at the moment. So, yes. And, you know, in my mind and thinking about like a further future, right? Not two years from now, but maybe a decade. I don't know. Mm. Um, when, and, and that's actually what bothered me hearing about the metaverse today is because I think that the evolution, like the real thing should be more immersive. Maybe we would just create another catch name by then, but you know, more, not only talk and see but you know feel and 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 truly experience I know yes. where you're going with that. so how, how far do you think we are from that 50 years. it's a guess right <laughs> 50 50 at least 50 yeah okay so i'm, I'm gonna give you a bit of i'm gonna give you a gem of knowledge right now uh this is, okay. <laughs> so computers every two years they shrink right so the, the data chips that we used in the 1950s were the size of entire rooms just to store a few kilobytes of data. And it's like 150 words for a room. Now that is 150 billion words in a finger point. That's 50 years. Yeah. Do it again. Just imagine how powerful computers are going to be in 50 years time, the coding that can go into it. The artificial intelligence that we have now is not really artificial intelligence. It's not sentient, it's um, pattern recognition and it's very, very fast and very, very good at it. 
but it's not sentient yet. In 50 years' time, it's possible that it could be. When that happens, if we say to the computer, all right, you've got a, uh, you've got a quantum computer here, it's frozen, it's, it's in a flipped state between two separate parts of our universe, go ahead and use all the power of that to build me a system that I can put my hand in and feel inside. And maybe it can, maybe it will be able to do that, but I don't think we're gonna do that anytime soon. We can put a glove on and make it resist our hand as the object is picked up. That's in existence now. We, we've got the eyes. We can put the eyes, we can put the glove on, we can put the full suit on with the vibrations and the impact. But what you're, you know, to feel the wind on your arm as you're standing on the beach and to smell the breeze, that's so far away <laughs> from a coding perspective from a programmer that is so far away we are we are but you, you still so i see i i, I what i hear is that you, you you still you you think that we'll get there but it's just that we will it's really far we right we'll get there absolutely with the with the with the way that computers advance how fast they advance i don't see it taking more than a hundred years but Hey, it might take 90 <laughs> before we can literally stand in the room and, and feel it. And yeah. We might still be alive, well, you know. You, no. <laughs> we, we're yeah. delving into ridiculous <laughs> theories now, but there might be a chip that someone puts in your brain one day and it does it all for you. But again, I think it, that's how, you know, a, a pinprick of, of data right now, 150 billion words, like that's... And you need to shrink that again and again and again to be able to, because the brain is, we don't even understand it yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Exactly. Okay, listen, uh, Simon, I really loved uh, this conversation. It's been great. And I really, I really want to, you know, keep, you know, following up and see, you know, how you guys develop. Uh, and as I said, we talked to him to Olinga like two years ago and he accomplished so much, you know, in, in just two years and more two years for the full launch, hopefully. So, you know, whoever that, yes, whoever is, 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 is listening to our interview and is interested about, you know, knowing more and say updated or who knows, even funding it. So what's the path? Go into any search bar and type in my meta, M-I-M-E-T-A dot life and that website will take you everywhere else perfect thank you it's been such a pleasure and i'm truly cheering for you guys cheers thanks for having me on future hacker life path future